Welcome everyone, welcome everyone. Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom. This is a, an amazing time we're living in. We have things going on in the world that is absolutely amazing. And I want to show you guys a video. For those of you who are on TikTok, go on over to YouTube right now because I'm going to show uh, the YouTube audience a video. I'm, I'm live right now on, on YouTube. Just go over to YouTube, search for Christopher Enoch. You'll find me there live right now. Or you can go to my TikTok bio. You can find a little, uh, little play button, little link that goes right to my YouTube channel. I am live and I'm going to be showing an awesome video of things that are happening in the world today, especially in Canada. So let's just get right on over there and I will show you that video. Ottawa apparently is having a collective celebration, a party right now. People out there are willing to stand up and make a stand and, and get serious. Canada's with you. They're behind you. They're everywhere. They're in every town and every province. And they're coming out in droves. And everybody's going to Ottawa and so am I. I'm going to be there too. And I'm bringing friends. Because people need to know what's going on. Because the news isn't telling you the truth. You know, there's all, oh, there's a couple of dozen trucks driving around. <laughs> You wish, you wish. And this whole thing is gonna fall apart under the weight. They're gonna drown in their own lies. It's neo-Nazis, they're terrorists. No one believes you anymore. The whole world is watching this. This is an international news, not in Canada though. I saw it in a German newspaper today. Americans are talking about it. Everybody's seeing this. Everybody's waiting to see what happens. This is the first time in a long time I've been proud to be a, a, a citizen of this country. I feel good again. Hey, look at it. We're all the way, all the way in Ottawa, and it's going crazy. This is nuts. It's all blocked. Check it out. Go backwards. 
That's the street. That's the street, man. This is Wellington Street. It's crazy, crazy. They got generators. They got generators running in their cars. They got propane tanks out so they can feed themselves. Nuts. Look at that. This is only today. Then we have tomorrow. And tomorrow's gonna be even crazier. Can't believe what's gonna happen tomorrow. There we go. There's my buddy. Guys, this is what you call united. Patriots, patriotism. Canadian at its best. Unity. There we go, we go right back into it. Check it out. There's the parliament. Oh, you got a trucks. Generators, check in the generator. That's oh, a bus right there. You got generators, you got people standing, people walking. Guys, this is awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Freedom Convoy, Big Bear here to Ottawa. Just got some news out of Finland. They're starting a convoy in Finland and they're also starting a convoy in Australia. Do you see what's happening here? This is gonna start a worldwide revolution and Canada is at the very front of it all. So let's do this, all right? Let's start a worldwide revolution. Let's end this global tyranny once and for all.
without commentary. <laughs> These people lined the highway, the Trans-Canada Highway, on both sides of the highway. They came in snowmobiles, they came in dune buggies, they came in stagecoaches, they came in trucks, they came in cars, they walked. And these folks stood for hours, hours in the cold, in minus 25 to 29. Hutterite, Amish, uh, Mennonite women, I'm, I apologize, I, I don't know which um, religion they are, um, but they stood in skirts with their babies on their hips, and they stood there for hours with signs, with smiles on their faces, like they just got there, fresh as the daisy. Families, dads, moms, dudes, gals, and everybody just cheered and 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 it was it was just so amazing to drive through those provinces and to see the looks on their faces of okay, we've got this. We've there's some hope here. And we looked back at them with like, okay, we've got this, we've got hope here. And we were giving energy and we were taking energy and there were tears. There were tears. And we all just had this like collective sigh of this is it. This message is to the Canadian truckers who are protesting in Canada. I don't mince my words. If you do not stop protesting, I am not Justin Trudeau. I will invade Canada. It's that simple. Thank you. Yeah, so like we've got so much, so much, so much stuff going on here, and pretty in just a minute here, we will have a uh, Lord willing, we'll have a, a guest. Uh, a few nights ago, we had a uh, Melody of Psalm ninety four said she was going down there. Apparently, she is there right now, and uh, and we're going to bring her on as a live guest in just a minute. Just a minute. Now, apparently, the uh, the uh, Prime Minister of Canada, I'm going to pull up a video clip of him in just, just a second here. Listen to what he has to say. And what he says, by the way, is not true at all. Not true at all. The small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing. Yeah, yeah. That's the uh, Prime Minister of Canada. Small, small, small fringe minority, you know. As that one guy said, it, they're looking at over a million people. A small, small frin fringe minority. Unacceptable views, you know, freedom, you know, that kind of thing. Unacceptable. This is what's going on. This is what's going on today. Uh, I've heard the truckers say that um, they are not going to leave until the job is done. So uh, anyway, we have, uh, I don't know what's going on here with our, our we have a special guest, um, Melody of Psalm 94. She is there. Melody, are you there? Are you there? Uh, looks like our feed is not working. Um, Melody, are you there? I'm trying to get the camera turned around 
can see what's going on here. Okay, I can barely, I can barely hear. Uh, she says she's trying to get the camera turned around so, so, so we can see what's going on. Um, so anyway, I'll just, uh, I'll leave you up, Melody of Psalm ninety four. Uh, so she's there right now, and uh, apparently she's got problems with the camera. Uh, I did, I did see the feed. You, it was working earlier, uh, but something happened there. There must there's a little thing that you can uh, tap on to 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 use a diff, to use the uh, rear camera. Yeah, so you might want to just kind of leave if you want to just leave and come back. Just shut the uh, feed off and then use that link and come back in if you want to do it that way. And so I didn't plan it this way. I did not plan it this way, but in our for those of you who uh, follow me on a regular basis, you know that every single day we're, we're going through the, the scriptures uh, and we just happen to be at the exodus right now, the exodus of uh, the children of Israel out of Egypt. And in our studies, we are on Exodus chapter 15, the song of Moses and the, the exodus out of, uh, out of Egypt. And so this is absolutely amazing um, what's going on in Canada and also uh, where we are in our studies. So I'm just waiting to see if we have any more guests here from Ottawa, but it seems like there's a problem. Anyway, let us, uh, let's get into Exodus chapter 15 for a few minutes because this is a very, very important song. You might say, why are we reading this? What relevance does this have today? Well, you know, if you read in the book of Revelation, the end times, they sang the song of Moses, it says. Let's, uh, let's go over there for a minute first before we get into Exodus chapter, um, Exodus chapter 15. Let's go over to Revelation chapter 15. Okay, Revelation chapter 15. Revelation chapter 15, if I can uh, share that with you guys over there on YouTube. Revelation chapter 15. Then I saw, this is John the Apostle speaking. Then I saw another sign in heaven. Great and marvelous, seven angels having seven last plagues. For in them the wrath of God is complete. And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire. And those who have the victory over the beast, over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses. They sing the song of Moses. The servant of God and the song of the Lamb. Now, why would they be singing the song of Moses? Why would they be singing the song of Moses? You know, because, hey, the, the, the Torah is never, never obsolete or uh, never. It's, it's always valid. Excuse me. I'm, I'm just getting some messages in here.
Okay, so we have uh, we have uh, Psalm ninety four back. Uh, can you hear me? Phone is a bit different than yours. Yeah, hello. I Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hello. hear you. Okay. I can hear you now. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. Okay, hold on one sec. So, hello? Yes, can you, you hear there? me? Yeah, I can hear you now. I couldn't hear you at all before. Okay, can you can you turn the can you find there's a there should be a little thing there um where you can actually turn the phone around where you can actually use the other camera? Use the rear camera? How do I do that? Which what does it look like? What's the sign? I've pushed everything. <laughs> you shouldn't be pushing it. Um it, huh? it has to be, or or you can just hold it up and turn it around when you hold it up. Hold the phone up and just turn it around. I'm gonna have to. I'll try it, Darcy. Instead of it, instead of pointing to you, turn it around so you can. Not that. Are you there? Yep. Can you hear me? Yep. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Okay, so I'm just going to put you off to the side for a minute until you figure that out. Okay, I got it. All right, so um, let's read the Song of Moses. The Song of Moses. Remember, I mean, at the end, in the book of Revelation, that's what they sang, the Song of Moses. They didn't sing, How Great Thou Art. They didn't sing any of the contemporary Christian music today, it says they sang the song of Moses. That's the song of the end time believers. Let's get to that. This is the song of Moses in Exodus chapter, um, Exodus chapter 15, right here, verse one. Then, they, then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and, and spoke saying, I will sing to the Lord. For he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and, and song. He has become my salvation. He is my God. And I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea. His, his chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the, enemies in, the, the enemy in pieces. In the greatness and in the goodness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against you. You send forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. And with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright like a heap. The depths congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. 
Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. You, in your mercy, have led forth the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. The people will hear and be afraid. Sorrow will take hold of the inhabitants of Philistia. Then the chiefs of Edom will be dis dismayed. The mighty men of Moab, trembling like uh, trembling, will take hold of them. All the inhabitants of Canaan will melt away. Fear and dread will fall on them by the greatness of your arm. They will be as, as still as a stone. second here. Till your people pass over, till the people pass over whom you have purchased, you will bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which you made for your own dwelling. The sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established, the Lord shall reign forever and ever. For the horses of Pharaoh went with his chariots and his horsemen into the sea, and the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. Awesome, awesome. And I'm going to read the Song of Miriam in just a minute here. But in the meantime, let's see what you guys have for your for comments. Someone on TikTok says, I have a question about the Bible, but it's off topic. Do you mind if I ask it? Yeah, go ahead and ask it. No problem. Okay, so... Erland on YouTube says, Shabbat Shalom, brothers and sisters, blessings and love. Blessings and love multiplied back to you, Erland. Welcome, everybody. Uh, yes, uh, Deborah says, Italy started a convoy and Buffalo to be, to be announced shortly when their convoy will start. Praying for peaceful protest in Yeshua's name. Awesome. The Tower Time says, Amen. Vida says Rabbi Friedman had a video on YouTube about Johnson. I'm not sure. Uh, he he said that Pharaoh overcome the flood and became the king of Nineveh. God makes it makes it happen because he tells others about the God of Israel. Very interesting, Vida. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, yes, I do. I do understand that there are. Um, uh, what would you say legends or there are there is word uh traditions in the in the, in uh, according to the jews that uh say that pharaoh actually did survive the uh the red sea 
Vida says, Rabbi Friedman have a video on YouTube about Jonah. Jonah, okay, yes, that makes sense, yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I see we have uh, we have the unfortunate thing that you always have. You see, when Jesus Yeshua in the days of the uh, of the Bible, in the, in the in the Bible in the Gospels, you see that a lot of people came at Yeshua, called him all kinds of names, thought that he was de- he was a deceiver. You know, he was uh, uh, you know worked by evil spirits, all kinds of things. So whenever you have truth, you always have people opposing it. And it's very, very unfortunate that people, and I see we have a comment here, it's very, very unfortunate. I mean, in a day and age when the believers should get together and put aside their differences, it's very, very unfortunate when you got believers attacking one another. It's shame. Shame on you. Shame on you. That is completely against. Actually, the word heresy means division. And it's the people who are slandering Others who are, they're the ones who are uh, the ones who are causing these heresies because slander is spoken of in the, in the scriptures uh, many times. Some of the worst sins uh, against the Lord your God is to slander others. Slandering is a sin. Instead of name-calling, The best way to do it is mature debates. All right. If you got if you got questions, you got comments, let's talk about it. You see it in the in the book of Acts. You have people who have um, you got disciples that were that were debating lots of different things. Like even like do the Gentiles have to get circumcised in order to get saved? These kind of things. They didn't stand back calling one another names like false prophet or false teacher or heretic, all this kind of nonsense. It's very, very immature, and it's definitely not of the Spirit of Christ. Okay, so we got uh, Psalm 94 back here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm going to have to just turn the camera around. I won't be able to hear you as soon as I take the phone away from my ear. Okay. So I'm just going to show you what that is here. It's very loud. There's a lot of people and everybody is in unity. It's absolutely wonderful. Can you hear all that? I can hear it, but I, we can't see anything. Well, you will in a minute. You will in a minute. I'm going to turn the camera around. I just when, you turn the ca- my- when you turn the camera around, can you hold it up? Can you hold it up so we can see like a little bit more yeah. of an elevated view? Hang on a second. I'm putting my uh, mittens back on. Thank you. Right. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. You can hear me. Okay. Yes. I got to take this glove. I got to take the mitten off. Okay. This part of the here. This part of the mail, right here. All the crowds of people here. 
Unfortunately, the uh, the uh, the image froze there. Unfortunately, the image uh, the image froze. The video froze. Can you hear me? There's parades. There's people with fly. Truckers are all here. They're selling hot food and hot drink. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah, so I'm not seeing anything. The The image is frozen. Yeah, so until we get the image back, uh, let's just, let's just, uh, yeah. Okay, uh, Psalm 94, I'm sorry, but uh, your image was frozen there. She says that she, her, her uh, hands are going numb. She says her phone is at 65%. So apparently it was like at about 100% when she first started. So it's, it's um, using up a lot of battery power quickly. The second first says really cold up there. Yes. Okay. So we got some uh, earlier on when you were, when you were turning the phone around, uh, we, it was um, the image was frozen. We didn't see anything. What was frozen? The image was frozen. Okay, so now now we can see. Earlier on, when you were turning the phone around, uh, we couldn't see anything. It was frozen. Now it's frozen again. Now, oh, actually, uh, what's going on with that? Could you could you please try it again? Hold it up. Hold the phone up. My, uh, I'll try it. Hang on, my hand is numb. Can you pull my glove on? Pull that on from now on. Thank you. My hand is numb. I'm having a hard time here. Okay. Yeah. Can you see it? I can't. You see, the problem is I can't hear you. Can you see it now? Can you see it now? A little bit, yes. So you couldn't see it before? No. Well, it was just one, one image that was froze at. Did you see uh, Parliament Hill? Did you see Parliament Hill at all? Yeah, a little bit. We're seeing it now, too. Can you see it now? Is it clear? Is it yes, clear? Yes, we can see it now. Yeah, we can see it now. Okay. Good. Yeah, lot, a lot, a lot of people here. And you know what the awesome thing is? What's that? Is that everybody here is in unity. Everybody is here for the same reason. I haven't seen this spirit here since... The 60s. I've never seen anything like this since the 60s. Oh, sorry. Is it okay now? Is the camera still okay? It froze again. It froze again, but what? it seems like it's... It's freezing. Because of the cold air? 
No, I, I don't know about that. Could be because of the uh, internet connection. I've heard that there's so much, so many people going live that it's actually uh, oh. congesting the internet connection in around the, oh, yeah. uh, the capital there. I believe it. Everybody's got their phones here. Everybody. Is it still frozen? No, it's it's, it's okay now. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Trudeau says, eye. Trudeau says, small fringe minority. Oh, yeah. Sure. Who's he trying to kick? I'm looking to buy a t-shirt. I'm looking for somebody who's got a t-shirt for sale. I'm so going to buy said, it. You said huh? that you've never seen any, you said you've never seen anything that, like this since the 60s. That's right. Never, ever. This is a spirit of unity that I have never seen before, ever. Is it, is it okay now? Is it frozen or no? Well, it, it's glitching a little bit, but not that bad. It's not too bad. I just played a video earlier of a gentleman who said that he, I, I just he played a video what? earlier of a gentleman who said that uh, they they got word that uh, they're looking at a, about um, 1.4 million oh, people, what they say. Oh, no. Wrong person, sorry. <laughs> Wrong person. <laughs> I thought that guy was Mike. It wasn't Mike. All right. Hello. God bless you too. Yeah. How is it? Is it is it okay now? Can you see it? Yeah, it's better now. Oh, good. All right. They say that. Uh, they say that they're. Uh, or <laughs> Somebody's having fun. <laughs> Fireworks. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna let you go so I can. You can okay. save your battery power. Maybe a little bit okay. later on. Uh, we'll have you back on. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't know how long we're gonna be here. We're gonna be okay. here for a while longer though. Yeah. We'll be here for a while yet. All right. All right. Okay. God bless right. you. God. Yeah. Uh, Lord protect you. Lord protect yes, you. Amen. God bless you. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Yes. Amen. Thank you. All right. Bye. -bye. All right. Bye for now. All right. So we have Will Senior here that says uh, Shabbat Shalom, family. Uh, please pray for those of us dealing with COVID. I'm going on day ten, still not feeling myself, a bit weak, but glad to be here with y'all. I'm glad that you're here as well, Will. Yes, we will pray. Once again, hey, you know, I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, it's just so, uh, it's it's such a blessing to see what's going on up there in, in Ottawa. And what what um, uh, Melody of Psalm 94 said there, it's just such a spirit of unity. You know, the church needs that. The church needs a spirit of unity. That's what the church needs. 
And so let's all let's all come together in unity. Those of you who are in um, uh, anywhere within earshot of my voice, okay, on YouTube, on TikTok, I know we have people. Uh, we're broadcasting on Facebook as well, on Twitter on Twitch, DLive, several other platforms as well. So everybody within the sound of my voice, every believer, let's join together uh, in unity, in prayer for Will Sr. Uh, and um, and in, in, in his, uh, anybody else within his circles that are um, uh, dealing with COVID. Okay, let's do this. Father, Father, we come before you. We bless you, Father. You are so good. You are the great and awesome God. You keep your covenant of love with those who love you and those who follow your commands. We bless you, Father. We give you praise. We honor you. You are holy and you are just. You, you're holy is your name, Father. Father, have mercy on will. Senior, have mercy on his family and his friends, anybody else dealing with COVID who is uh, just getting over or has COVID now or, or just getting over it. Father, just strengthen him. Bring healing speedily, as it says in Isaiah chapter 58, that you would bring healing speedily. Father, bring complete, complete Healing, bring complete recovery speedily, Father. Father, send your spirit. Give, uh, give will, wisdom and knowledge and know how to deal with this on a, on a natural level if that's, if that's what it takes. But on a supernatural level, Father, send your spirit. Send your angels to strengthen will. Let him recover speedily and holy father and let it be that when he fully recovers that he will be stronger than he was before he'll be stronger than he was before and let this happen hastily father let it happen hastily father let there be no let there be no complications no complications In the name of Yeshua of Nazareth, everyone said, Amen and Amen. Amen. Lord, Lord bless you, Will. Raise maintenance says, we the people. The Tower of Time says, I wonder if the government didn't shut down the internet to block the truth. A lot of people are speculating that. And even since last night, like actually the event is actually, is actually supposed to start today. But last night was uh, apparently a, uh, a very, a very powerful night up there in Ottawa as well. One John 2.26 says to will to double dose on vitamin C and zinc. Will says, yes, zinc and everything under the sun, brother. Amen. Amen. And the Tower of Time says, yes, we rebuke that COVID. Yes. And amen. Amen. Yes. Erland says, is this in Ottawa where my trucker brothers made a stand for 
Canada's freedom. The truck convoy has the truck convoy has made the Guinness Book of World Records as the largest ever. Seventy-five thousand big rigs and small cars and trucks. Yes. Yes, so uh, the, the footage that we just saw there from Melody of Psalm 94, it was live footage, uh, and that was from Ottawa. That was from Ottawa. And Will Sr. says, thank you very, thank you so much, everyone. And uh, yes, we will keep you in prayer as well, Will. Keep us, uh, keep us in the know of what's, uh, how, you're, how you're doing there. Erlen says, it's an amazing it's amazing. It's epic. Trudeau is downplaying. Oh yeah. By the way, like it just happened to be just before the truckers arrived. Uh, it just, it just happened to be. I mean, <laughs> as they say, you can't make this stuff up. It just happened to be. Check it out on Twitter. You know, uh, Justin Trudeau's official Twitter account. It just happened to be that he has to go in quarantine because he heard that he has been exposed to COVID and he has to go in, in quarantine just before the trucks arrived. The Tower of Time says perhaps the U.S. Con a U.S. convoy is coming. Uh, you know, I um, I think you guys probably heard, but like Elon Elon Musk uh, tweeted out his support for the Canadian truckers. Franklin Graham, Billy Graham's son, also tweeted out his support. And I believe it was Franklin Graham that, that uh, introduced the uh, idea of um, when they're done in Ottawa, all these tens of thousands, 75,000, whatever it is, uh, amount, you know, all these trucks, when they're done in Ottawa, to head south to Washington. <laughs> so... You know, stop in Ottawa first and then head south to, to, to Washington. I, I don't know if they're going to do that, but that's just something that um, uh, Franklin Graham said. Vita says, if you if you bring money, you are welcome in church. Others, they they give you not a chance. They are like bodyguards of the do the door of of hev heavens. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. It reminds me of James chapter two. You know, James chapter two. James talks about people who are they give extra favor for those who have money, whereas those who don't, they don't get as much favor. And that is breaking. That is breaking the Torah. And of course, in context, we got James saying that you should not uh, break the Torah. Will Sr. says, will do. Uh, I'm a fellow trucker and will not be forced taking this thing in order to do my job. Wow. Yep.
Yeah, Seek the Lord saying the uh, article about using a hyperbaric chamber, uh, trying to create a pressurized pre-flood environment that was health health was was healthful to the body. I've heard about uh, lots of different amazing things uh, with uh, hyperbaric chamber and the uh, increased amount of magnetic field around that chamber, trying to uh, recreate the pre-flood environment. Because they say back before the flood of Noah, there was a lot more uh, atmospheric pressure as well. There was a lot more of the Earth's magnetic field was a lot stronger back in those days as well. Uh, as well as the, uh, it depends on, <laughs> there is a theory that there was a canopy, like a canopy of water, like in, in over around the earth as well uh, in those days that filtered out a lot of the uh, harmful radiation of the sun and some of the harmful radioactive um, carbon isotopes and so on and so forth. That, I mean, if that's the case, if that's really the true, which it could be, then, you know, that completely, 100%, 1,000% throws off all, all carbon dating. Anywheres, anytime previous to the flood, anything that's dated previous to the flood would be completely off by, literally by billions. <laughs> so... Yeah, the Tower Time. I've I, I I'm aware of this as well. There's one at the Science Evidence Museum at Glen Rose, Texas. Yes, I know that uh, Doctor Ba there. He um, he set up a hyperbaric chamber with all that kind of stuff as well. Okay, so let us continue with the Song of Miriam. So we have the Song of Moses that we read. Now the Song of Miriam, Exodus chapter fifteen, verse twenty. Then Miriam, the prophetess. Now, let me just stop here for a second, because this is, this is interesting, because in Numbers chapter 12, Miriam is almost like envious of Moses. Like if God can use Moses, he could, he could use us. So let's go over there for a second, because it makes it, it's really interesting how it, 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 um, it gives Miriam the title as you would, if you would, uh, of prophetess here, but later on in Numbers. So let's just go over to Numbers. It's almost like Miriam is, is envious that she wished that she would be a prophetess or as, as much as, uh, as Moses was. Numbers chapter 12, verse 1. Then Miriam, by the way, Miriam is a transliter transliterated Hebrew name that's translated transliterated from Hebrew to to English, and it's it's the same name as Mary. Okay, it's just a different way of pronouncing it, different way of spelling it. M Miriam and Mary are the same names. And then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. So they said, "Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses?" Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. All right. So what's the deal here? It's like, what's she trying to say? 
what's she trying to say? It sounds like she's kind of a little bit jealous or something. You know, she didn't like the fact that he married an Ethiopian woman. And then she's talking like this. Has the Lord only spoken through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? So, yeah, um, going on here, reading the rest of it, uh, it says the Lord heard it. In verse 3, now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the, of the earth. Verse 4, suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forward. Then he said, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face even plainly, and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. He sees the form of the Lord. So face to face, he sees the form of the Lord. Why then are you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Wow. See, God stands up. God stands up for his, his man, right? He stands up for his people. He stands up for his prophet. Says so that so the anger of the Lord was aroused against them and he departed. Then the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, excuse me, and when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous, as white as snow. And Aaron turned toward Miriam, and there she was a leper. So Aaron said to Moses, O oh my Lord. Please do not lay this sin on us in which we have done foolishly and in which we have sinned. Please do not let her be as one dead whose flesh is half consumed. When she comes, uh, when he comes out of his womb, his mother's womb. So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, please heal her. O God, I pray. Then the Lord said to Moses, if her father had spit her, spit in her face she would uh, would she not be ashamed seven days let her be shut out of the camp seven days and afterward she may be received again so miriam was shut out of the camp seven days and the people did not journey till miriam was brought in again and afterward the people moved from hazaroth and camped in the wilderness of paran all right, all right. So, uh, Miriam the prophetess in Exodus chapter 15, verse 20. Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took the timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. Okay, timbrels would be tambourines and with dancing. And Miriam answered them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, 
they could not drink the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Mara. Mara is, is very similar to the Hebrew word, which means bitter. In the um, footnote, it probably says bitter here. Yeah, literally bitter. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the, the waters remained sweet. Uh, I've heard it uh, in Christian circles, and I think it's kind of interesting to kind of bring this to your attention. And that is, um, the tree would symbolize the, the cross, and the waters symbolized people. Uh, we see that in the book of Revelation, how the people, it says the waters represent people. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that's what it represents here, but it does say that in the book of Revelation, uh, the waters is a prophetic symbol of just simply people. And the tree is spoken of also in the New Testament as uh, the cross is spoken of as the tree, I should say. So there is the idea and the theory that this is kind of a prophetic uh, expression or symbol of when the cross is applied to the people, the bitter people will become sweet. In other words, the cross heals the people because the, the water was bitter. It was kind of poisonous. It needed to be, quote-unquote, healed. It needed to, to be made sweet. Continuing with verse 25 of Exodus 15. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight. Give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases upon you which I brought, up, brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elim, where there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees. So they camped there by the waters, by the waters. Okay. Okay, so we have uh, on TikTok, uh, Angelica says Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom, Angelica. Okay, so... Mama of three on TikTok. I'm sorry it took so long here to get to your question. Uh, it's got so many things going on here. I apologize. The question is, do you think Adam and Eve were the only people God created in the, in the beginning? Because the Bible doesn't specifically say that God only created just two people. Uh, so I'm curious on your opinion. Okay, just a second here. Um, Okay, so here's the thing. Yeah, so here's the thing. I'm going to, I'm just going to tell you what's on my mind when it comes to that. I'm not going to make any, I'm not making any claims to 
facts here. I mean, when it comes to, I'm not saying yay or nay each way, either way, but I'd like to bring some things to the table, some things to consider. In the Tanakh, the so-called Old Testament, it says that God has made a people who were not a people. Um, according to the viewpoint, the the I guess you would say the worldview of the people in the Tanakh, anybody who wasn't of the lineage of um of Adam and Eve of, or of, you know, through the Adam and Eve, Seth going all the way down through Enoch and to Noah and to Abraham, anybody who wasn't of that lineage was not considered to be a people. The book of Enoch explicitly tells us that there are certain, certain animals that, that are symbolic of different nations. Okay, And so in the book of Acts, chapter 10, we have the, the vision of Peter. Let me just go over here for a second. In the, yeah, in the book of Acts, chapter 10, and in, the, in chapter 11 as well, we have the, the vision of, the, of, uh, of Peter when God showed him um, unclean animals and he said, kill and eat. And he said, no way would I ever do that, Lord. Again, there's a good, there's a good um, piece of evidence that Jesus never taught that. Peter would, would actually, Peter would, would, uh, would obviously know what Yeshua taught since Peter was with him for like three plus years. But Peter made it very clear to Cornelius that that vision was about that God would not God, don't call any man clean whom God has made clean. What I'm getting at is this. According to the Tanakh, even in the New Testament, anybody who is not part of God's people is not considered to be people. They're considered to be, quote unquote, animals. I mean, that's just the way it was looked at, you know, back in, in, in uh, the days of the Tanakh and the New Testament. That's why Jesus called that Syrophoenician woman a dog. Okay, that's why he called Herod a fox. Okay, um, different animals. That's why Jesus said, I'm not going to take the children's bread, the, the bread for the people, and give it to the dogs. Meaning, the way he, in that context, was I'm not taking the blessings of Israel and give it, giving it to Gentiles. Here's what I'm getting at. Since throughout the Bible and, and also in the, in the Tanakh, you have where God says, I will take those who are not a people and I will make them a people. What, how can they not be a people and he will make them a people? Well, they're Gentiles. They weren't considered to be people. In those days, they were considered to be more or less animals. I know that sounds weird, but that's the way they looked at it. So. In that context, and this is just a question. Again, I'm not making any claims to, I'm, I'm just asking a question. I'm just, I'm just kind of brainstorming with you guys on this. Could it be 
that when it says in Revel in Genesis chapter one, when God created the animals, could it be? Just a question. Because everywhere else in the in the Tanakh and in the New Testament, Gentiles were called animals. Could it be that the Gentiles were included in that? Just a question. And so that is those are my thoughts on that, Mama of Three. And I think that's an awesome question. Um, and this is another one of these things. It's like, it's it's awesome to think about and meditate on these things. I don't think it's, it's something that, we, that anybody should be divided over. Okay? I don't think anybody should be divided over these kind of things. And again, thinking about it in the book of Acts, right? The, the believers... The believers, the disciples in the book of Acts, they had lots of different things they disputed. Many times they, they were disputing with one another. They didn't call one another names. They didn't divide. They didn't split over things, right? Because that's what, actually, that's what the word heresy means is split. Uh, it's, a, um, it's a division. They didn't split over things. They disputed over things. And some things are, you know, it seems to be very foundational to the to the faith today, but they were disputing over it back in those days. And they were, they were mature enough not to, not to divide over it, not to get their nose out of joint over it, but rather just talk about it and still love each other and, and come together in unity. All right. I hope that helps mama of three. Deborah on YouTube talking about uh, some advice to stay healthier or, or to, you know, to uh, to fight. To stay healthy, I should say. Elderberry is good too. Yes, elderberry is very, very healthy. Very, very healthy. Erland says, get ready also for Trudeau henchmen to get to give uh, a fake probable cause to warrant military involvement. Uh, there is evil influence controlling this world. God will prevail in his own time when least expected. Well, you know, we'll see what, what becomes of it. You know, everybody is saying, and I've heard this from many of the, uh, on the videos, um, Many of the people that are like the, like heading this thing up and leading this whole thing, they're saying all the time, you know, keep peaceful, stay peaceful, don't you know, don't get out of hand, um, all this kind of thing. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Pray for peace and pray that God would that that freedom would up, would be upheld, right? Because some of these some of these things that are in question here are things that are like spill over into the the realm of rights the rights of uh, freedom of religion because some of these things are against people's religion Erlin says our father is no stranger to engagement with his enemies well said and Erlin says amen Elizabeth over on YouTube says, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Shabbat Shalom, Elizabeth. All right. So 
So this is the bread of heaven. The bread of heaven. Remember, Yeshua said, I am the bread of heaven. I am, I am the bread of heaven. So let's read about the bread of heaven. The original, if you might, if you want to call it the original bread of heaven in Exodus chapter 16, verse 1. And they journeyed from Elim, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, or Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt, then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the, in the land of Egypt. When we, when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day, that I may test them, whether they, whether they walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Then Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel at evening, you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning, you shall see the glory of the Lord for he hears your complaints against the Lord. But what are we that you complain against us? Also, Moses said, this shall be seen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and in the morning bread to the full. For the Lord hears your complaints when you make against, which you make against him. And what are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses spoke to Aaron, saying, Say to all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord. For he has heard your complaints. Now it came to pass, as Aaron spoke to the whole, congr to the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in, a, in the cloud. That's beautiful. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard the complaints of the children of Israel. Speak to them, saying, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So it was quail. So it was that quail came up at evening and covered the camp. And in the morning, the dew lay all around the camp. And when the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of, of the wilderness was a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, This is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is a thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each, each one's needs, each one's need, one omer for each person according to the number of persons, and let every man take for those who are in his tent. 
Then the children of Israel did so and gathered some more and some less. So when they measured it by omers, he who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who, had, who, he who gathered little had no lack. Every man had gathered according to each one's need. And Moses said, Let no one leave any of it till morning. Notwithstanding, they did not heed Moses, but some of them left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. So they gathered it every morning, every, every man according to his need. And when the sun became hot, it melted. And so it was on the sixth day that they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each one, and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. Then he said to them, This is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today, and boil what you will boil, and lay up for yourselves all that remains to be kept until the morning. So they laid it up, so they laid it up till morning, as Moses commanded, and it did not stink, nor were there any worms. Then Moses said, Eat that day, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. Now it happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives, he gives you on the sixth day bread for two days. Let every man remain in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. And the house of Israel called its name manna. Manna means what is it? Uh, in the footnote here, it says, or literally what? What? Manna. And it was, it was like white coriander seed. And the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Let's see what white coriander seed looks like. White coriander seed. There you go. That's, that's what it looked like. That's what manna looked like right there. And the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Then Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Fill an omer with it to be kept for for your generations, they may see the bread which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses and Aaron, and Moses said to Aaron, Take a pot and put an a homer or put an omer of manna in it, and lay it up before the Lord to be kept for your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron laid it up before the testimony to be kept. And the children of Israel ate manna forty years until they came to an inhabited land. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Now, a home, a, an omer is one-tenth of an ephah. Exodus chapter 17, verse 1. Then all the congregation of Israel, all the congregation of the children of Israel, set out on their journey from the wilderness of Sin, 
according to the commandment of the Lord. And they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for people to drink. Therefore, the people contended with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. So Moses said to them, Why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why is it you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us on and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried to the Lord, saying, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. Again, the footnote here literally means put me to death by stoning. And the Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel. Also take in your hand your rod which you struck the river, with which you struck the river, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock of Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and the water will come out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of, of the elders of Israel. So he called the name of the, peop of the place Masa. Masa means tempted. Tempted. They tempted the Lord. And Meribah. Meribah means contention. Because of the contention of the children of Israel, and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Now, Amalek came and, and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua and Moses did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But when Moses' hands became heavy, they took a stone and put, put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on, uh, one, on one side and one on the other, on the other side, and his hands were, were steady until, until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Now this, again, is a picture of the cross, by the way. Let me just stop here for a second and talk about this. So, um, so we've got one person on one side and one person on the other side of Moses, just like we have uh, in the picture of the crucifixion where there are the two criminals, one on each side of Yeshua. And the position that Moses took when he held his arms out, when he held his hands out, um, was the position of the, of, a cru of the crucifixion when he held his hands up, okay? And so when he, when he took that position, Joshua prevailed against Amalek. But when he lost that position, Amalek prevailed against Joshua, okay? And this is the way it is too. 
in our walk with God, we need to always stay, figuratively speaking, on the cross. As soon as we lose that position of humility, of self-sacrifice, as soon as we lose that, then we lose. Very important to understand. As soon as we lose that position, spiritually speaking, we lose, we start losing the battle. So it's very important to stay on top of, of things, to, to, to stay in that position of saying, I am crucified with Christ. To stay in that position of self-sacrifice. To stay in that position of saying, you know what, doesn't matter. I'm not, you know, it's not me. It's all about him. It's all about the Lord, not me. Okay, verse 14. This is Exodus chapter 17, verse 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial. Again, we have another memorial here. Again, we, we spoke about memorials a lot in the past few days. It's very, very important to remember what God did in your life. Very, very, very important. You mean, take time to do that. If you're a true believer, take time to, to, to remember what God did in your life. If you are born again, take time to remember that born again experience. If there was a time in your life when God changed your life completely, life-changing experience with God, you had that experiential, you had that experience with God. It's very, very important to remember that. Keep it at keep it in memory. Do not forget. Do not forget. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book. And recount it in the hearing of Joshua that I will not, excuse me, that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called its name, The Lord is My Banner. That'd be uh, Yahuwah Nisi, right? Yahuwah Nisi. Or Yahweh Nisi. For he said, Because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Now, again, in the footnote here where it says the Lord has sworn, literally, a hand is upon the throne of the Lord. That's what it says literally in the, in the, in the Hebrew. A hand is, is upon the throne of the Lord. In the, in the, uh, so let's read this in the, in the literal rendition of it. Because the... The hand is upon the throne of the Lord. The Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Going on to Exodus chapter 18. Exodus chapter 18, Jethro's advice. So this is the beginning of what they would call the Sanhedrin. For those of you who are not familiar with um, his, the history of the Sanhedrin. Exodus chapter 18, verse 1. Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, that the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her back, with her two sons, of whom the name of one was Gershom, Gershom, Gershom. Ger means stranger in the, in the Hebrew. And on the footnote here, it says, 
literally stranger there, right? Gersom means stranger there. For he said, I have been a stranger in, in, in a foreign land. I have been a sojourner, right? temporary resident, it says in the footnote, in a foreign land. And the name of the other was Eliezer. For he said, God, the God of my father was my help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. So El means God, right? El means God. Eli means my God. Remember when Yeshua was on the cross, he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, right? Eli, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So Eli means my God. Azer, help. Okay. Eliezer means my God is my help. By the way, did you guys know that in the New Testament, the name Lazarus, his original name, his real name was Eliezer. You need to understand in the in the Greek, the Greek naming conventions are are are, are interesting. If you notice, when it comes to the the ancient Koine Greek, a lot of the names, Greek names, end either with an A sound, like like no way, instead of Noah, it's no way. Instead of Jonah, it's Joe, right? Jone. Or it ends with an S, S, like S, right? Lucas, Marcus, Matthias, Ananias, you know? Um, so that it just, that's the way it is in the Greek. So Lazarus, the original name of Lazarus does not have that, the end, the S, this at the end. It's El Lazar, Eliezer. That's what it is. As you look at this word, uh, uh, this name, Eliezer, we got the L. Remember, in the Hebrew, there are no vowels, right? There are no vowels in Hebrew. It's all consonants. So it's just L-Z-R, Lazar, and then in the Greek adds the us, okay? Lazarus, that's how it works. Eliezer, in the New Testament, Lazarus is Eliezer. Okay, so the name of the other was Eliezer, for he said, God, the God of my father was my help, and he delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. I, hey, you know, the Lazarus in the, uh, the New Testament, God was his help too, wasn't it? Certainly was in John chapter 11 when Lazarus was risen from the dead. Verse 5 of Exodus chapter 18, it says, And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and, and his wife to Moses in the wilderness, where he was encamped at the mountain of God. Now he had said to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming, out, or, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons with her. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, bowed down and kissed him, and they asked each other about their well-being, and they went into the tent. And Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardship that had come upon them on the way, and how the Lord had delivered them. Then Jethro rejoiced for all the good which the Lord had done for Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians." And Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord, who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh, and who has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. 
Now I know that the Lord is greater than all the gods. For in the very thing in which they behaved proudly, he was above them. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and other sacrifices to offer to God. And Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. And so it was on the next day that Moses sat to judge the people. Now here it is. All right? This is getting on to, the, again, the history of the Sanhedrin. And the people stood before Moses from morning till evening. So when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did for the people, he said, what is this thing that you are doing for the people? Why do you, why do you alone sit, or judge, I suppose, that would be in the, uh, sit as judge? Literally in the footnote says, sit as judge. And all the people stand before you from morning till evening. And Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. I tell you one thing, I'd be coming to, I, I'd be going to Moses too to inquire of God. I tell you that much. When they have a difficulty, they, came, they come to me and I judge between one and the other and, and another. And I make known the statutes of God and his laws. Now, let me just say this. Okay. And this is where the, I, I believe the oral Torah comes in. Those who believe in the oral Torah or the, like the Talmud in the Jewish laws, the, the traditional uh, unwritten laws, I guess you would call it, that's the oral Torah, which has put down in the Talmud uh, mainly. Their argument is that you need extra information in order to know how to um, to interpret the written Torah. Now think about this for a minute. How long was this going on when Moses was sitting as judge from morning to evening? That, that, that's all he did. Like, judge the people and sleep. Basically, that's all he did. It was like a what? Maybe like a 16-hour-a-day job. Give or take, you know what I mean? From morning until evening. You might say 12-hour-a-day job, whatever the case is. The point is that he that's all he was doing, apart from sleeping. And it says here that he, he told the people God's law. That's what he was doing. He was... He was Telling the people God's ways, his statutes, his law. Here's the thing. It's either he repeated himself a million times over, or he actually had laws that was the oral law, the oral Torah, that, that wasn't written down. Because, you know, the laws, the so-called, quote-unquote, laws of Moses that are written down for us today in the books of Moses— can be read through very fast. You can pretty, you can pretty, if you wake up in the morning and you read it till evening, you, you, you might be able to get through most of it in one day. So the idea is that Moses actually did deliver laws or at least interpretations of the law that is not in the written scriptures. That's the idea. 
So again, Exodus chapter 18, verse 17. So Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that you do is not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. For this is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself. Listen now to my voice, and I will give you counsel. In the footnote, advice. And God will be with you. Stand before God for the people so that they may bring the difficulties to, to God. So, excuse me, so that you may bring the difficulties to God. And you shall teach them the statutes and the laws and show them the way in which they must walk and the work they must do. Moreover, let me just stop here for a second. Notice there are two different things here. There is the work that they must do, and then there are then there is the way in which they must walk. So, I mean, one can argue. One can argue that obeying the Torah is not all work. Obeying the Torah is walking in the way that you must walk, which is not under the category of quote-unquote work. As you can see, there are two different categories here. There are There's the category of walking in God's way, and then there's the, the category of doing the work that you must do. Two different categories. And that's important to understand as well. You, you have... You have what they call the negative laws. There are 365 negative laws and 248, according, according to the Jewish way of looking at it, there are 248 positive laws and 365 negative laws. What does that mean? The positive laws are, are commands that you have to do, that you actually have to do. It's something you have to, you have to, uh, it calls you to action. But the negative laws are the laws that you don't you don't really do anything. Like for example, you know, thou shalt not steal. That's not a work. That's not something that you must take action to do. That's 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 a negative law. That's something that you you don't have to do anything in order to obey that. You, you understand? That's not quote unquote a work. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord in vain. You don't have to do anything to obey that. It's not like it's an action you have to do. And thou shalt not murder. You don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to, it, it's not an action. It's a, it's a negative action. It's like, don't do that rather than do that. Don't do that. Meaning it's, it's something that, to, so, the Ten Commandments, except for maybe honor your father and your mother, right? The Ten Commandments are basically mostly negative laws, which means that you can obey them without doing anything. Without doing anything, you can obey them. So that's one of the arguments against, you know, the whole idea of, you know, it's not by works, not by works. Well, in a way, it's not because an, a baby can go to heaven. A baby is righteous. A baby does not does not break the Torah, violate the Torah, because the baby doesn't do anything. 
Maybe it doesn't do anything. So the baby, the positive laws do not apply to the baby. And the negative laws are already, the baby's already in line with the negative laws. So the baby is completely in tune with Torah. You get me? You follow me? So that's one of the arguments about this whole thing about works. Well, you, it's, it's like a lot of people misunderstand me. They think that, you know, oh, you're teaching, you're saying you, you, you have to, uh, you have to work your way to heaven. Um, not at all. That's not exactly, that's not what I'm saying at all. Different laws apply to different people, right? Some people, you do have to do stuff. Even Yeshua said when, when they came to him and said, what, what do we do to inherit eternal life? What was his answer to them? He didn't say just believe. He didn't say it's not by works. He said, you know the commandments, right? What I'm saying is nothing, nothing different than what Yeshua said himself. So, we see this. We've got two different categories. Number one, the way in which you must walk, and then the work that you must do. It's like the negative commands versus the, the positive commands. The way in you must walk. Well, you don't do this, don't do that, do, don't do the other thing, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this other thing. Um, all the thou shalt nots. The way in, in, in you must walk. And then the work you must do are the, the positive commandments. The things that you actually have to take action, you, you actually have to put into action. Again, this is Exodus chapter 18, verse 20, uh, Jethro speaking to Moses, and you shall teach them the statutes and the laws and show them the way, number one, the way in, in, in which they must walk, and number two, the work they must do. Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens, and let them judge the people at all times. Then it will be at every great matter they shall bring to you. But every small matter they themselves shall judge. So it will be easier for you, for they will bear the burden with you. If you do this thing and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure. And all this people will also go to their place in peace. So this, by the way, that is the beginning of what we read of in the New Testament as the Sanhedrin. Because the Sanhedrin is just an extension. It's generations after Moses, obviously, but the Sanhedrin is exactly that. It's a Jewish court of judges. And it, it traces its roots right back to this, Exodus chapter 18. Influenced by Jethro, actually almost instituted by Jethro himself. And Moses agreed with him. As it says in Exodus chapter 18, verse 24, so Moses heeded the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. And Moses chose able men out of, the, out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. So they judged the people at all times. 
the hard cases they brought to Moses, but they judged every small case themselves. Then Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went his way to his own land. See, that's that's the thing, right? That's the thing. Um, when in in the days of the New Testament times, if there was any problem with anybody, they would take them, they would arrest them and take them to the Sanhedrin. This is the reason why we know that Yeshua didn't teach anything against the Torah. He definitely didn't wouldn't teach any like like it's okay to eat pork or something like that. He definitely would not teach that. Because if he did, that would be that would be a that would be a blatant public violation of God's law. And that would be something they would they would they would rise up against him, seize him, and bring him before the Sanhedrin and judge him. And rightly so. Same with all of the disciples. Remember, all the disciples were all Jewish. Right? They were all Jewish. So they would not be doing those things either. And they would not ever dare teach anybody to do that either. Because even teaching somebody to break the law of God is a serious offense. Serious enough to, again, arrest them and take them before the Sanhedrin and let the Sanhedrin deal with them. Exodus chapter 19, verse 1. In the third month after the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on the same day they came to the wilderness of Sinai. For they had departed from Rephidim and had come to the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness. So Israel camped there before the mountain. Now let me just stop here for a second. Keep in mind, when it, Moses was judging the people, and all these other things happened before the bulk of the Torah was ever given from Mount Sinai. Okay? That's, a, that's another very important point to make. Because you see, for example, in the New Testament, we have the Apostle Paul, who said, you know, he, he differentiates between Sinai and, you know, the New Covenant and all this kind of thing. But, you know, a lot of the laws came before. It wasn't at Mount Sinai. A lot of the laws did not come on Mount Sinai. We just read how Moses and the, and the children of Israel, they had laws already, the laws of God already, before they even got to Mount Sinai. That's the thing. That's the thing. So if you, you know, Christians would say, well, you know, the, the Taurus, you know, the Mount Sinai is, is Hagar and uh, we don't go by that. We're, we're, we're children of Sarah. Well, okay, but don't you realize that a, like the law of God existed and they obeyed the law of God and the law of God was given in certain ways, various ways before they even reached Mount Sinai. We read about it all the way through Genesis to this point right now. We read about it. Exodus 19, verse 3. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel. Notice again, there's a distinction. There's house of Jacob, children of Israel. Jacob is the old man. Israel is the new man. Jacob is the old man. 
before he had that face to face and face to face encounter with God. And Israel is the new man, like the born again man, so to speak. Verse four, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Now, again, let me just stop here for a second. See, God is a God of love. Going back here, where God says he, he called his people a special treasure. Kingdom of priests and a holy nation. A chosen generation, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Right? These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Verse 7. So Moses came and called for the for the elders of the people and laid before them all the words which the Lord commanded him. Then all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. Now, this, this is very, very powerful. And you guys who love God's word, you guys who love the Torah, you need to make a note for yourselves for this one here. This is a note. Because you see a lot of people say, well, the Torah is, is you cannot obey the law of God. It's impossible to obey the law of God. You know, that's why you need, you know, that's why you need Jesus, right? Well, it's okay to say, I mean, it, it's like a half truth, right? So you say, oh, you need Jesus. Well, that's, that's fine. But say, but fabricating a lie and making that into a selling point or a sales pitch to sell Jesus is wrong. Jesus does not need a lie to sell him. Jesus does not need a salesman. It says very clearly all the way through the Bible that it is more than possible. It is easy, in fact, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11. It is easy to obey the commandments and the law of God. Easy. Like I said before, it baby can do it. A baby does it. That's how easy it is. Deuteronomy chapter 30, it, it talks about the ease of it. Right? The first 10 verses is about, is about repentance, and the last from 11, verse 11 right through to the end of the chapter is about how easy it is. When Yeshua went out preaching the message saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does that mean? That was the first thing. That's like the first major message that he preached. That was his, that was his message. How do we know? Because even his disciples, if you read the, in the uh, gospel of Mark, that's the first thing they preached. His disciples, after Jesus called them all to himself and trained them and sent them out. What, what was the first thing they said? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does that mean at hand? It means... It's easy to, it, it, you don't have to go anywhere. You don't even have to get up out of your seat. 
You don't have to do anything. It's 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 within your reach. It's at it's at hand. That's what the the what, that's what the phrase at hand means. It is so easy. It's at hand. It's basically pretty much right in your hand, so to speak. It's right there. You don't have to go up to heaven to get it. You don't have to dig down into the core of the earth to get it. It's there, right there. It's right at hand. Repent because it's easy to attain. That's the message of Deuteronomy chapter 30. Verses 1 to 10 talks about repentance, and 11 through to the end of the chapter talks about how easy it is to obey the law of God. Luke chapter 1 verse 6, Zechariah and Elizabeth obeyed all the commandments of the Lord. Both of them were considered to be righteous. This is before Jesus came. How much more can we do it now than once Jesus come? Jesus already came, Okay. Since now we have the quote-unquote power of the cross and the quote-unquote power of the blood and the quote-unquote power of the resurrection, now that we have that, how much more easier can it be? In the Tanakh, we have myriads of people who were considered to be righteous. The book of Proverbs speaks a lot about righteous people. The book of Psalms speaks a lot about the righteous. In fact, hundreds of times throughout the Tanakh, it talks about the righteous people. If there were no such thing as righteous people, why would <laughs> it doesn't make no sense? Like how Paul said, or at least Paul's interpreted, there are none righteous, no, not one. <laughs> well, perhaps in a certain a certain group of people, yes. Like, all of your righteousnesses are like filthy rags. Again, if you read that in context, it's not talking about the believers. It's not talking about all the all, everybody in the world. It's just talking about the people who are bound and slaves of sin, people who do not believe in, people who do not call upon God, people who do not pray. It, it tells you that very clearly in that context. It is very, very possible to obey the law of God. Millions of people speak about, you know, talking about what's happening in Canada and around the world now with all these convoys. Millions of people were assembled at the foot of Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter 19, verse 8. And all, it says A-L-L, all, all. All the people answered together and said, all, all, again, that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Why would they say that? Why would it be so, why would it be so clear? How can it be so clear? All the people said they, they can do everything written, the law of God. Not one of them. You would think millions of people, millions and millions of people, you would think they would be able to, uh, you know, one of them would say, oh, no, it's too hard for us. Hold on a second.
Thank you. I appreciate your patience. I appreciate your patience. Yeah. So this is a thing like all the people, millions of people, and they all said, we will do God's law. We will, we will obey God's commandments. They all said that. This is Exodus chapter 19, verse 18. Why didn't one of them, one out of millions, why didn't one say, oh man, that's too hard. Why didn't one preach the corrupt Christian narrative? Because the corrupt Christian narrative is not the truth. That's why. God is not a tyrant that he would bark out commands to his beloved people that they, that they cannot obey and then curse them for 1,500 some, some odd years because they can't obey them, because they, because they don't obey them. No, it's easy to obey. Deuteronomy 30, 11. It's easy. God is a loving God and he gives his commandments to his people because he loves them. And it's easy to, to obey. It's easy not just to obey, but I, I like to say it's not just about obedience or it's not about obedience. It's about being in tune with the Torah. It's about being in line with the Torah. Because in a baby, as I say, a newborn baby, a little baby crawling on a floor, baby in the womb, they do not violate the law of God. They don't do anything to violate the law of God. They don't take the name of the Lord in vain. They don't steal. They don't bear false witness. Oh boy, there's so many people that bear false witness today, isn't it? Especially if you preach the truth. They will bear false witness against you and claim to be a believer. It's not hard. It's not hard at all. It's super, super duper easy. It's super duper easy, okay, uh, to, to obey God's commandments. Exodus chapter 19, verse 9, And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I come to you in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with you and believe you forever. Now, this is powerful as well. Let me. This is very, very significant. You need to understand this, okay? In other words, God says, When I come to you and speak to you, the people need to see and hear. There's, God didn't speak to Moses in a closet. God didn't speak to Moses alone in some dreams that he had. He spoke to Moses publicly for everyone to see and hear. That's why the Torah was, was instantly canonized. In other words, nobody, when Moses came down off the mountain, he didn't have to convince anybody that he was a prophet. Oh, please believe me. Please, tr trust me. I heard from God. <laughs> um, no, the people were begging him. Listen, Moses, you should go talk to God yourself. This is too much for us. This is too much for us. We've heard God and saw God so much. Uh, we'll die. If, 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 if we keep on experiencing God in this way, if we keep on hearing God speaking with you, so it's just so it's just so powerful, so awesome. We can't take it anymore, Moses. We're going to read that because that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. And this is the reason why the books of Moses by some people are, are the only canonized books of the Bible. For example, I got I got a Samaritan, I got a Samaritan Bible with me right here. Okay. I'll just grab it. Just hold on a second. 
This is a Samaritan version of the Torah, okay? Samaritan version of the Torah. This is the Samaritan Bible, Israelite Samaritan version of the Torah. According to the Samaritans, this basically, this, this was the Bible. This was their Bible. And it only contains the five books of Moses. We know in, uh, historically speaking, the Sadducees were the same way. They only had the books of Moses as their Bible. They didn't have any of the prophets. They didn't have the book of Psalms. They didn't have the Chronicles or Kings and all these other things in the Bible. They didn't have, they had none of that. Why? Why would they do that? Because of the fact that they said, this is super duper proven. I mean, millions of witnesses. It, the, the, the law of God came to Moses in the presence of millions of witnesses. Not one or two or three or four, not 10 or 20 or 100, millions. Millions. That's why the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection, as we read in the New Testament, because they didn't, they didn't see it in the, in, the, in the books of Moses. Now, of course, it's not that the, the resurrection was, is, it's not, it's not don't, don't misunderstand me. It's not that the doctrine of the resurrection is wrong. It's not. I believe in the doctrine of, resurrect, of the resurrection. It's just that they did not because they did not see it in the books of Moses. I actually see it in the books of Moses. They didn't. Okay. But you see this, the, the, the prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, and so on and so forth. They, they clearly speak of the, of the resurrection. Daniel clearly speaks about the book, the, the resurrection. Whereas you don't really see it that clearly, that explicit in the books of Moses. And that's the reason why. That's the reason why. Just so you guys know, that's the reason why. Okay, so continuing. Again, Exodus 19, verse 9, And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I come to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and believe you forever. In other words, hey, God's like, listen, you don't have to worry about trying to prove yourself to anybody because I am going to show up in their I'm, I'm going to show up and speak to you in their presence. It says here, so Moses told the words of the people to the Lord. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes and let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai, in the, sight, in the sight of all the people. Again, here we are again. In the sight of all the people. Remember, we read about this the other night. 600,000 men, not including the wives or children. There were millions of them. Millions. The Lord will come down upon, upon Mount, Mount Sinai, excuse me, in the sight of all the people. There were no unbelievers in the days of Moses. There were no unbelievers. This is what the church needs today. The church needs to have the, this kind of the presence and the power of God. When people come to a meeting, and they need to experience God in that way, where it's like, man, there's no way 
unless I mean, I mean, people can there's, there's freedom, right? You can, you can say whatever you want to say, even if it's the stupid, most foolish thing in the world, you can say it. you can deny it. You know, on one hand, there is no such thing as undeniable evidence because people can deny anything and everything and they have. They have denied everything and everything. So there is no such thing as undeniable evidence, but you can say beyond a reasonable doubt, beyond a reasonable doubt, nobody in their right mind would deny it. You can put it that way. Not that nobody can deny it because anybody can deny it. But that's what the church needs today. They need the presence of God. Forget about the programs. Forget about this, just the stupidity that goes on in church today, so much of it. Forget about the dead, dry religion. You need to know God. You need to come to God. You need to humble yourselves before God. You need to forgive those whom you have grievances against. Some Christians need to even forgive people that they that they hate. It's not like anybody did anything personal to them. They need to forgive other preachers or ministers or believers just because they have, some people have so much bitterness in their heart. They have bitterness against somebody just because of what they preach, just because of what they believe, just because they preach against just because someone preaches against your corrupt doctrine doesn't mean that you that you should be bitter against them. Just because someone preaches against your corrupt doctrine doesn't give you the right to be bitter against them. The Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Verse 12, you shall set bounds for the people all around, saying, take heed to yourselves that you do not go up to the mountain or touch its base. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. Not a hand shall touch him. And he shall surely be stoned or, or shot with an arrow. Whether man or beast, he shall not live. Yeah, that's that, that means respect. I mean, show respect. To the presence of God here. Show respect. That's what it's talking about. When the trumpet sounds long, they shall come near to the mountain. They shall come near the mountain. So in other words, you come only when you're called. It's almost like a court. You can't just barge in and go up whenever. You got to come when you're called. Verse 14. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and sanctified the people and they washed their clothes. And he said to the people, be ready for the third day. Not, do not come near your wives. Then it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and the sound of the trumpet was very loud so that the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God. So this is what a pastor should do, right? This is what a pastor should do right here. A good pastor should not just go up in the pulpit and preach some kind of 
self-help message drizzled with scripture makes it look good by say, by talking about God or praying every once in a while or, or reading maybe one or two verses in during the entire sermon. But rather, the pastor or a church leader should be someone who actually brings people out of their camp to meet with God. To meet with God. That's powerful. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. Verse 18. Now Mount Sinai was completely, was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain quaked greatly. Now this, by the way, is a supernatural smoke and fire. This is not something that you would, it's not like a barbecue or a bonfire, okay? This is a supernatural smoke and fire. This is something that can be seen by, by the human eye, by a natural eye, but it is a supernatural phenomenon. It says the mountain quaked greatly. Does that mean it was an earthquake? No, it just means that, and I, you know what? I, I can tell you, I've experienced this myself. I've experienced this myself. Sometimes, and you see this too as well in the Isaiah chapter six, when Isaiah had that powerful experience with God, the, 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 the pillars, the, the doorpost shook, okay? Because even inanimate objects tremble at the presence of God. Even inanimate objects shake at the presence of God. Trust me. Trust me. That's the truth. Verse 18. Now when Mount Sinai was completely in smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire, its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. Quaked how? Again, it was a supernatural thing. It wasn't a natural, it was a supernatural thing. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him by voice. Then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mountain. And the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain and Moses went up. And the Lord said to Moses, go down and warn the people, lest they break through to gaze at the Lord, and many of them perish. See, notice, Moses could gaze at God, but the people couldn't. Okay? You know, that people say, well, you know, it says, in the, it says in the Bible that no one has seen God and live. It's, it's impossible to see God and live. Well, yeah, if you're part of the quote-unquote people, that's, that's true. But there are the few that can, like Moses. He saw God and lived, as we, as we read earlier in uh, Numbers chapter 12. Jacob saw God and lived. He called the place uh, that he wrestled with God, Peniel, the face of God. He saw the face of God. He said, he said it very clearly that he did. So there are people. Now, figuratively speaking, you can say that Moses did not live because he died to himself, and you and I as well. If you really see God, which again, it is possible. Blessed are the pure in heart, so they, they will see God, Jesus. Even Jesus said that. It is possible to see God. It is possible. But it's not possible to see God and live, at least in a, in a figurative sense. Because once you see God, you die to yourself. You die to all selfishness. 
selfishness. You die to your old self, your old life, your sinful self. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but not, but not I. Uh, Christ lives in me, as Paul said in Galatians 2.20. Verse 22, also let the priests who come near the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. You can't just come to God just like that. You can't just walk up to the Lord and go, hey, how you doing? Shake his hand. And I know some churches portray God as being like that. It's, no, it's not. You can't. Okay? It's a very demeaning. It's very demeaning to portray God in that light. Like God is just some casual friend that you can just walk up to at any time. You need to come to God with reverence, great reverence and honor. You can't just come to him, oh, you, yeah. You know what? If you've done all that you can do to prepare yourself for God, then yes, come to God. He'll 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 clean up the rest of you, okay? But don't come to God with disrespect. You know, many of you, if you go to a wedding or whatever like that, you go to a funeral, you dress appropriately. And you have to dress appropriately at least spiritually speaking, in your soul, in your mind, you have to dress appropriately to approach God in spirit and in truth. You can't just approach God like he's just like any other carnal homie. It doesn't work that way. Twenty-three, but but Moses said to the Lord, "The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for you warned us, saying, set bounds around the mountain and consecrate it.'" Then the Lord said to him, "Away, get down, and then come up. You and Aaron with you, but do not let the priests and the people break through to come uh, come up to the Lord." lest he break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and spoke to them. And we have the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. Let's read this, and then I will get to your questions and your comments. Um, just a second here. Let's read this, and we'll get to your questions and your comments. Exodus chapter 20, the famous, the famous Ten Commandments. Just a second here. I'm going to try to get uh, Psalm 94 back with us here before we get too far um, and see what's going on up there in uh, the Freedom Convoy 2022 up there in Ottawa. We'll see what's going on there. Um, it's amazing what's happening in the world right now, isn't it? It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Pray. Keep that in your prayers, people. Keep that in your prayers. I mean, you see, I mean, freedom, this is what it's all about, right? Access. It's about the freedom. At the very, very least, 
okay? Free to worship and serve God as you, you know, as he said. And how these people, how it's going now in the world, it's, it's, it's not so, is it? I mean, they are demanding things that are against the word of God. They are demanding things that are against the word of God. Trust me, they are. And so this freedom convoy is very, very important. Okay, we'll see if we can get Psalm 94 back on um, with us here. Uh, just sending some. Um, just gonna send a message here to see if I can, see if we can get her back on uh, before we get too far. Yeah. Okay. So the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. Again, just give me a second here. This is being as live as this is. Exodus chapter 20, verse 1. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. There's freedom right there. Out, out of the house of bondage. In the footnote, slaves. Right? We don't want we, it's not we're not to be enslaved. We're not to be a slave of sin, number one, slave of a corrupt government, especially number two. Verse three, you shall have no other gods before me. That's the first and primary commandment right there. Number two, you shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above Or that, or that which uh, that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth, you shall not bow down uh, to them nor serve them. For I am the Lord your God; I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Let's stop here for a second. Uh, just give me a second here. It seems like I'm not sure if we can get uh, Psalm 94 on here or not. Okay, apparently, yeah, apparently we're not going to be able to have Psalm 94 on with us. Um, oh, 
what happened here. Uh, let me just switch over. Switch over. Uh, give me a. Okay. Um, still a little bit off here. Uh, let's see here. All right. Okay. So, this is the second commandment, uh, the second of the Ten Commandments. And by the way, let me just say this as well. We are we are all familiar with the term the Ten Commandments. However, uh, even in the Jewish world, it is quite um, well well known and quite understood that there are a lot more than Ten Commandments within the so-called Ten Commandments. Uh, I personally counted 13. Uh, the Jews claim that there are 14 commandments and that the, the phrase or the term, the Ten Commandments should actually, it, it should be translated as the Ten Sayings or the Ten Words because where it says commandments, the Ten Commandments, where it says commandments in the Hebrew, it, it's more accurately translated as sayings or words because in each, in each one of these commandments, it can be more than commandments, sayings, words. There can be more than one commandment. Anyway, so number two was do not make a, a carved idol. Uh, a, do not make for yourselves a carved image. Now, it doesn't mean that all carved images are, are wrong, okay? Because it, it, let me just show you here. It says, you shall not make for yourself a carved image. to bow down to them or serve them. That's that's the key right there, okay? It's not just that carved images are wrong. It's the bowing down or the worshiping them and serve, serving them. You know, worshiping these images, that is what's wrong. That is what this whole commandment is against. It's not about making an image, just a graven image in and of itself, because even God himself told Moses to make graven to make graven images such as the cherubim on the on the ark and different kinds of images around the tabernacle and even let's say outside of the tabernacle like the bronze serpent was a quote unquote graven image okay so there were graven images or images or this kind of thing statues that kind of thing is is not it's not violating the law of god at all unless you worship and serve them so the, the image in and of itself or a statue in and of itself, some kind of a carving in and of itself is, is not wrong. It's what you do with it. You know, it's the worshiping and serving of that. That's what's wrong. Okay. Let's go on here. Verse 7. This is number three. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. So that's number three. 
taking the name in vain, the name of the Lord in vain. You know, people do that when they take the name of Jesus in vain. Okay, that's taking the, the name of the Lord in vain as well. Personally, I don't even like when, when people say part of the name of Jesus in vain, if you know what I mean. Any part of it. Okay. So this is number four. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day, the seventh day, very, very specific here, the seventh day. It doesn't say you can pick any day to be your Sabbath. It doesn't say first day as in Sunday. It says the seventh day is the Sabbath day of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male, male servant, nor your female servant. In other words, employers, I mean employees, I should say. In today's language, that's what it means, uh, basically. Nor your cattle, nor your, nor your stranger which, uh, who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth the sea and all that is in them and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Okay. Notice before I go on to the next one, notice how God always wants us to imitate him. Remember, it says in other parts of scripture, be holy for I am holy. Right? God's like, I want you to be like me. I'm holy. You should be holy too. I rest on the seventh day. You should rest on the seventh day too. And really, the whole entire Torah, the whole entire law of God is just telling people to be like God. That's all it's telling. I mean, telling people to, to take, to... to take his example. Because God's not a hypocrite, right? He wouldn't tell us to do something that he not, he's not doing himself. He's not a hypocrite. Be holy as I am holy. Number five, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Again, they say this is the only commandment with a promise. Honor your father and your mother. And that's a very, very important one as well. The word honor in the original uh, Hebrew is very, very... Um, it means to give glory to your father and your mother. Okay? Uh, and there's many ways to do that. Meaning, you should... Honoring them is one thing. Respecting them is another thing. Um, giving glory to... The word... In the Hebrew, Ichabod, Ichabod means, you know, there's no glory there, right? Lost the glory. That's the negative, that's the negative Hebrew word for this word, honor. 
Ichabod, the glory of God departed from it, as in the honor of God departed from it. So to honor your father and your mother is to give them glory, give them respect them. And that's super, super important. Number six, you should not murder. Very clear, right? And this is very good uh, translation because it's a, it, it, thou shalt not kill is, an, is not a good translation, okay? Because it's different, there's a difference between murdering and, 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 and just simply, you know, killing. Um, murdering is more of a better translation to this. Number seven, you should not commit adultery. You know, that's a huge topic all by itself because there's more to committing adultery than what meets the eye. It's not just being unfaithful in your marriage. That's not what it's all about. It, it, the word adultery encompasses all, A-L-L, -L, all. And the, I mean, this I could I could teach for hours on. I'm not going to do it on, you know, today, but Lord willing, someday I will. But I'll tell you what it means, though. Uh, this word adultery or committing adultery means it, it, it includes every, every form of sexual immorality according to the Holy Scriptures. That's what it means. That's what it means. Verse 15. So this will be number eight. You shall not steal. Number nine, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Oh boy, do I ever have people bearing false witness against me? And if you're if you are preaching the truth, you will get people, you will get lots of people bearing false witness against you. You'll get lots of name calling and misunderstanding you. And you know, you get lots of attacks from these demons, these devils. And number 10. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. You shall not, or nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Now, again, there are the positive commands and the negative—excuse me, negative commands. Anything that says you shall not or thou shalt not is a negative command. In other words, you don't have to do anything to 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 um, to break it or to obey it. I mean. Obeying it is is not doing something. It's 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 the opposite of calling you to action. It's calling you to inaction. It's the it's the opposite of calling you to work. It's calling you not to work, not to do. It's the opposite of calling calling you to do. It's calling you to not do. So we have one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight. We have eight, eight negative commands, right? And two positive commands would be remember the Sabbath day, which really that's not a, that's not a, you know, I'll, I'll include that as, as a ninth negative command because really it's calling you not to do any kind of work. Okay. So really it's not, it's not an action command. It's an inaction command. So the only action command really is really just to honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and your mother. 
Okay, so... Exodus chapter 20, verse 18. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. Then they said to Moses, You speak with us, but we will and you speak with us, and we will hear, but but let not God speak with us lest we die. That's what I was talking about earlier. Because God up to that point spoke with everyone. At least I should say, God spoke with Moses, and maybe I should put it more in that way, and everyone witnessed it. And they didn't, they didn't, it was too much for them. They didn't want to do that anymore. Verse 20, and Moses said to the people, do not fear, for God has come to test you that his fear may be before you so that you may not sin. So the people stood afar off, but Moses drew near the thick darkness where God was. Again, very interesting that God is in the thick darkness here. You would think that it would be like the brilliant light, but God is in the thick darkness. It's like the calm in the midst of the storm. Some of you, you may be going through thick darkness right now. Keep going through because you'll get to God. Keep going through. And this is, and people ask the question like, why are, why are there so many? Okay, excuse me, I just got distracted there. People ask the question, why are there so many, you know, why is there so much falsehood? Why, why, why do I have to dig through so much trash to try to find the truth? Well, I mean, that's just the way it is. Why, why are there so many people in Christianity, or even just religion in general, teaching so many different things? Why are there so many in Christ, so many? Denominations of Christianity, even, even within one denomination, you can have so many different teachings and so much different trash to, 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 to dig through. Why is it that in the Torah observant community, there are so many different teachings and so many different people with so many different views? It's confusing, right? Well, yeah, it can be confusing. But in, on the positive side, it's adventurous. You have to go through all the trash to get to the treasure. You have to go through the darkness, the thick darkness, to get to God. And that's the point. So the people stood afar off, but Moses drew near the thick darkness where God was. And that's where he's always been. It's, he's, you got to go through the confusion. You've got to go through the trash to get to the treasure, so to speak. You got to go through the darkness to get to God. As it says in the Psalms, darkness surrounds him. He is the light, but darkness surrounds him. Dark, God is light, but darkness surrounds him. Verse 22. Then the Lord said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, You have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. You shall not make anything 
to be with me, gods of silver or gods of gold, you shall not make for yourselves. An altar of earth you shall make for me, and you shall sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your oxen. In every place where I record my name, I will come to you and I will bless you. And if you make me an altar of stone, you shall not build it, build it of hewn stone, for if you use your tool on it, you have profaned it. You shall go up by steps to my altar that your nakedness may not be exposed on it. Okay, so let us get to some of these questions and comments before we get too far. Thank you very much for the follow, Charlie, over there on TikTok. Thank you. Okay, so on YouTube, we have lots of comments here. Vida says, how many heavens do we have, three or seven? I believe it's seven. And we, we have uh, some of the extra biblical documents uh, talking about that. We read about that not too long ago, actually, uh, in the Legends of the Jews, as, as well as other documents as well that, that speak of seven heavens. Will Sr. Will Sr. Awesome, awesome. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is one of those verses. One of those verses. Genesis chapter 26, verse 5. Because that Abraham obeyed my... Now, before, before I read the whole entire verse, let me get it. Let me say this. A lot of Christians believe that the law of God was given through Moses, that the law of God, the Torah, the age of the law did not begin until Moses. The, they didn't have the commandments of God. They didn't have the law of God. They didn't, you know, they didn't have the statutes of God. That, that came through Moses. Um, no, sorry, but the Torah existed from before the creation of the world. The Torah, which is the word of God, the instructions of God, God's personality, based, basically God's person, his character in, in, in the form of a law expressed to his creation, uh, existed before the creation. Will Sr., this is Genesis 26, verse 5, because that Abraham, for those of you who are new here, Abraham existed long before Moses was even born. Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Mark says, one of my favorite verses, Mark 8, 36, for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Yes, 
And we have a lot of people today throughout, throughout, the, throughout the ages, especially in more and modern times when people have lost their soul to, to the whole world. They might have gained a lot, but they lost their own soul. Caballero says, by listening to you, Christopher, I've come to realize many people do fabricate lies and turn it into sales pitch just to minimize Torah slash Tanakh. Yes, it is true. And thank you very much, um, Caballero. Very encouraging. And, you know, I want to say this as well. Every one of you that, that have listened and, you know, that engage in, in these fellowships, you know, we learn from each other. There comes a time and, you know, you're learning, we are learning for a reason, right? We're learning, we are filling up, we are learning because we, God is preparing us to be a blessing for others. God is preparing us to speak into the darkness, to be a light. And there will be a time for those of you, there will be some of you. And I pray, I pray to be every one of you. Um, there will there will be a time when you say, you know what? Now's the time. Now I have. Now I should step out. And also, you know, I, I should step out and push back the darkness, push back all of the all of the lies, the the as I would call it, the corrupt Christian narrative, the golden calf Jesus. Push back the sins of the world and preach righteousness and holiness, personal holiness. You know, and you guys, you guys can change the world. You guys can change the world. You can. Jeff says, Shalom. Shalom, Jeff. Welcome. Good to see you. Will Sr., love it. Will, 1 John 3, 5, excuse me, 5, 3. Um, for this is the love of God. Well, we, we hear a lot about the love of God today, don't we? So much about the love of God, but we don't hear the rest of it, of this verse, do we? For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. That phrase, his commandments are not burdensome, that is John's way of saying Deuteronomy 30, verse 11. For this that I command you to this day. What I command you is not too difficult for you. That's what God said. And to say that it is difficult or impossible is calling God a liar. Hmm. Will Senior only burdensome to those who have no interest in obedience, but self-taught interest. Yeah. Burdensome to the antinomians, that's for sure. And Jordan says, Amen. Amen, Jordan. Will Sr. says, to distract us from the truth, it's that anti-Messiah, anti-Christ anti deception. Yes. Kalamento says, very interesting that today's Torah portion is Parshat Mishpatim. Seventh portion, Exodus 23, 26 through 24, 18. Seems to go along with what's happening in, in Ottawa, Canada. 
Awesome. 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 I have, I did not uh, draw that. Uh, I, I did not connect the dots there. Thank you for bringing that up. Let's, let's have a look at it as a, as a fellowship here. Let's have a look at this uh, guys. Exodus 23, starting at verse 26, going on through Exodus 24, 18. Exodus 23, 26. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion among all people to, to whom you come and will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the, the Hivite, the Canaanite, and the Hittite from before you. I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. I will set your bounds from the Red Sea to the Sea Philistia and from the desert to the river. From the bounds of the Red Sea in the footnote here says from the boundaries of the Red Sea. <clears throat> in the river <clears throat> is the Nahar, the Euphrates. That's a lot of land. <clears throat> Excuse me. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and you shall drive them out before you. You shall make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. They shall not dwell in your land, lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it will surely be a snare to you. A snare is a lethal trap. Can be a lethal trap. Exodus chapter 24, verse 1. Now he said to Moses, come up to the Lord. You and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall, come, they shall not come near, nor shall the people go up with them. So Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments, and, and all the people and one voice and said all the words which the Lord has said we will do. Again, again, here we are, right? It says the people, all the people said, all the all the words of the Lord we will do. Right? Why would they say that? Because they knew that it's possible to obey the commandments of God. They knew it's possible. Millions of people, not one of them said, "Oh, it's too hard. We can't do it. This is impossible." Oh Lord, you put too much on us. How, why? How could you do this to us? Oh my! You you give us so many commandments, we can't do it. It's impossible to do that, and then we'll be cursed if we don't do all this. Oh no! Again, that's just a sales pitch. Don't believe it. It is possible to obey, because God is not a tyrant. Verse four. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord. And he rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and 12 pillars according to the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he sent young men of the children of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings 
of oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood, half the blood, and put it in basins, and half the blood he sprinkled on the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read in the hearing of the people. And they said, All that the Lord has said we will do and, and be obedient. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, This is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you according to all these words. Then Moses went up, also Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. And they saw the God of Israel, and there was under his feet, as it were, paved work of sapphire stone. Again, this is a supernatural phenomena here. That's a, a supernatural vision. I guess you would call it like a, almost like an apparition. And it was like the very heavens in its clarity. But on the nobles of the children of Israel, he did not lay his hand. So they saw God and they ate and drank. Then the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and be there. And I will give you tablets of stone and the law and the commandments which I, which I have written that you may teach them. So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua and Moses went up to the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, wait here for us until we come back to you. Indeed, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man has difficulty, let him go. Then Moses went up into the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the, co the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Notice, notice, God was silent for six days, right? God was silent for six days. Can you imagine? That's a lot of patience, waiting for six days before anything happens. Finally, on the seventh day, God spoke to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the, in the eyes of the children of Israel. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Right. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Thank you for pointing that out, Calamentos. Jordan says to Caballero, uh, Deed Caballero, um, in regards to his comment earlier. Jordan says, brother, that really encouraged me and was needed. It's been a heavy week. Awesome. Good to know that, Jordan. Blessings, blessings. Awesome. Okay, guys. What I am going to do. I am going to wrap it up here. Okay, guys. Yeah, so it's been, in it's been a very, very awesome fellowship, you guys. If there's any one of you that are new here, either on TikTok or on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed. Make sure you're following. Make sure you got those notifications on. And um, yeah, we'll see what happens, uh, what's going on around the world today, especially with all these different convoys everywhere and what's going on in Ottawa it's very amazing. Keep that in your prayers. Um, yeah, and let's pray before we leave. Okay, let's pray uh, for what's. Let's pray about what's going on in in Ottawa. Um, 
pray that freedom would come and, and we'll see what happens. I don't know if they're going to do what Franklin Graham said they're, that Franklin Graham uh, it, it kind of put a bug in their ear, so to speak, saying, once you're done there in Ottawa, turn around and come back, you know, come to uh, come to Washington. I'm not sure if they're going to do that. Maybe, maybe not. Well, we'll see. Let's pray because, uh, again, this is this is very important. Okay, let's come before the Lord. Father, we thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Father, that we're so privileged to have the word of God. We have the scriptures. We have not just the Bible with us. We have all these other texts that are so, so important that we understand and we read and we study them. Father, thank you, Father, for one another. Thank you, Father, for this fellowship. Thank you, Father, for each one that you brought us here and you brought us together. Thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy upon us, Father. We worship you. We bless you. You are so good. You are so holy. Thank you, Father, for protecting us, looking after us. Father, protect Psalm 94 uh, as, as she uh, does whatever does her thing there. And, Father, protect her, lead her, and guide her. And, Father, we ask you that you would protect everyone in, uh, in Ottawa. Your will be done, Father. Let there be freedom. Let there be freedom. Let there be freedom. Let there be freedom so that people will be free to serve you. People would be free, not forced to do anything that's against your Torah, not forced to do anything that's against your will, not forced to do anything that even that's against their religion. But that freedom would reign. Freedom would reign. Let there be freedom. And let them sing the song of Moses, the song of the Lamb. Father, you are a God of freedom. Let freedom reign, Father, for the sake, if for, if for no other sake, for the sake of your children, for the sake of your people. Do not forsake your people, Father. Do not forsake your people all around the world. Do not let them be forced to do something that's against your will by the government. Set them free. Let freedom reign. Let freedom reign. Father, send your angels forth. Let the angels of yod heh wow let the angels of God go and be with those in Ottawa today and however long it takes for them to be there, however long they're going to stay there, however, however long they have to stay there. Turn the hearts of Prime Minister Trudeau and, and all of the uh, all of his government and all the other corrupt parties in Canada, turn their hearts, cause them to repent, let righteousness reign, let justice reign, righteousness as defined by your word, Father, not as defined by humanism today, not as defined by, by mere mortals, so to speak, today, but as defined by the living God. According to the scriptures, many of these nations, these Western nations we know, were, were born based on the Torah, based on freedom, based on the word of God. That's what it's all about. And so, Father, keep that freedom. As it says in, in the Canadian National Anthem, God, keep our land glorious and free. Let it be done, Father. Let it be done. In the name of Yeshua of Nazareth. And everyone said, Amen and Amen.
It's been an awesome, awesome fellowship with you guys. Yes, so tomorrow, we will be we will be back tomorrow, Lord willing, 7 p.m. Eastern. If you don't know what time that is in your, wherever you are in your time zone and in, in whatever part of the world you are in, make sure that you got those notifications on. So, hey, at least you get the notification. You got it. You know when we go live. We, we will be back 7 p.m. Eastern. And um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what the Lord has for us then. Okay, guys. As always, you guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. Keep on keeping on. Keep on pressing into the Lord. Keep meditating on his word. Keep praying. Keep walking in his way. Following his instructions, his guidelines in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Okay, guys. That's it. I will see you tomorrow night. Amen. Okay, guys. As always, I pray for each one of you that are watching now, that are wa that are watching the replay, especially on YouTube and those other um, those other platforms that will also have a replay available. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you. Lift up his countenance upon you and give you wonderful, wonderful shalom, spirit, soul, and body. Peace. Amen. Amen. See you tomorrow, guys.